Hey everybody, sorry I'm late. I uh, was busy being a radio personality that was bringing some levity and raising the morale of all the troops in Vietnam. But unfortunately, uh, some of the friends that I had made along the way were part of the opposition and I had to, I got sent away. You're listening to <laughs> This Film Has Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own versions of movie sequels that never got made. With me, as always, is the co-host, Mr. Steve Grande. Hi, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Uh, I actually had to go undercover as a grandmother to protect this woman and her son from a robber that's out for revenge. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, we have a very special guest. He is a comedian. He is a filmmaker. He is part of the uh, Chicago comedy team, Generation Latinx, and his latest film, short film, There's Something in the Woods, has been receiving a lot of recognition at a few festivals around the country. Please welcome Mr. Jerry Gonzalez. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I'm late. Uh, A bunch of aliens threatened to enslave me, so I had to beat them in the game of basketball with the Looney Tunes (laughs) to get out of it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for coming today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, today we are talking Mrs. Doubtfire. And please just tell us a little bit about why you wanted to do Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, I just think it's like one of those like nice, wholesome movies. I think it's one of those movies that's like on the brim of just being absolutely terrible, like a terrible idea. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't hold up today or in some parts, but for the most part, it still makes like brings me a smile. It's like a nice Robin Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parts where they let Robin Williams just sort of riff yeah. are pretty funny right like there's that whole scene where they they're like i do voices and then it's just like yeah. a bunch of cuts where clearly he was riffing well, we we said this and, as we watched it there this movie came out one year after aladdin so yeah. and then plus that was always his comedy style yeah. but like once they saw that they were like all right we're gonna do the same thing rob you know <laughs> yeah. and i bet there were a bunch of movies i'm sure they did it in flubber i just don't yeah. remember it but you know they kind of after aladdin let him off the leash and like it really flourished in this movie yeah yeah and there's the scene, um, this is like a story that I saw uh, from an interview with Pierce Brosnan on Conan, where he's talking about the dinner scene, right? And how uh, they send the kids away, and then it's just him and Robin Williams, and he's, uh, Robin Williams is like talking a mad shit to try and like discourage him from dating Sally Field. Yeah. Yeah. And he is just like, the, like some of the worst things that you could possibly imagine, and just like <laughs> super crass, and, yeah. and like just really like letting loose yeah. as much as possible. I, I think that's like the same way with Aladdin. Like they, someone yeah. said that was, there was like a, a PG-13 cut they could have done, an R-rated cut of, of Aladdin, mm. just with all the material they had with like Robin Williams. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I completely agree with you how wholesome and warm this movie is. And for a movie that is in the 90s and like we've watched a lot of 90s movies and how they do not hold up today. And I think that a reason why it like comes off as, you know, that it it faced this test of time is that all of the performances and the way it was written was so genuine and so real to real life. Like, I mean, obviously not the, the dressing up like a, yeah. like a lady and, be, and being a completely different person. That's crazy. Yeah. But uh, 
the fact that like all like the the motivation of like Robin Williams' character and the way that they portrayed uh, Sally Fields as this working woman, but she wasn't completely obsessed with it. Like she barely even talked about it on screen. Where other movies like fucking dig in and put you know put that yeah. fact on blast and well, and it was yeah. it was funny. Like yeah, not a not everything holds up, obviously, right. and like and watching it now with. Uh, my sort of like adult uh, sense is like, oh, he's a bad guy. Like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like like he's not he's not the like infallible like you know we love this guy. He right. like he has some problems that he, that he needs to work through. Yeah, there's um, just like shots of him, just like him being quiet and just like looking mischievously at the camera. I think there's like yeah. a YouTube cut somewhere that yes. made into a horror movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I love that. Um, but I just like we watched Crossroads a, a while back, the Britney Spears vehicle from the early two thousands. Oh yeah, and it felt very much like a just like a product that was made to make money. Whereas this feels like oh, Robin Williams has this idea, or somebody had this idea for like a goofy uh, cross dressing comedy about a family man or something and they worked backwards from there and put all the pieces in and it doesn't feel like yeah. forced right you know yeah. like i'm surprised like this movie actually like t- like tackles divorce you know yeah it goes in like it's a very deep territory and just sort of like how that affects the kids and stuff yeah yeah it was, it was well put together yeah yeah oh yeah i mean like hey i'm i i i'm a product of divorce and i remember having fond memories of this movie when my parents were together and then watching it again after they weren't and like it was extremely relatable and i i could feel that robin williams loved his kids Mm -hmm. and as an adult watching this and being like how could you throw that party and think you were going (laughs) to get away with it are you fucking kidding me? Um, yeah. You know, like, I I knew that at the end of the day, he loved his kids and what, what was best for yeah. him. And I think that really shined through. I, yeah, and I think that's what the heart of the movie is. Because as yeah. many problems as it might have, that heart sticks with right. it and keeps it grounded in, in that world. Um, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I, think I want to, as much as we can gush about this movie, yeah. Oh, yeah, for let's sure. gush about what could be... In the sequel. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I kind of made mine heartwarming. Um, as so much that. As, yeah. As, yeah, as much as I could. Like, honestly, I love this movie. And I couldn't... I, I'm very glad that there's never been a sequel. Because I, I wouldn't want anything to tarnish it. So, I took it in the kind of idea of, like, what Parks and Rec just did uh, a couple months ago with the whole coronavirus uh, like reunite special. Okay. I imagine this to be a short little PSA scene of the Mrs. Doubtfire show. Um, Okay. Fantastic. All right. So uh, (coughs) um, Jerry, you will be Kovacs. Okay. And I will be Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. And Chris, I'm sorry. They got nothing for you to do. So just I'm sit gonna, back and enjoy. I'm going to hang out and laugh. All right. <laughs> and and uh, just in case, Kovacs is the monkey on the show. Oh, okay. I was so confused. Like, who is that? Yeah, uh, he's the he's the monkey on the talk show, and he it kind of talks like Mickey Mouse, but a little bit more gruff. Okay, kinda. I could do that. That there, sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> 
All right, so we're we're cutting in. Uh, they're they're just like getting out of some other segment, and uh, it swoops in. There's like no official opening, like welcome, you know, title card or anything. <clears throat> All right, my dearies, it is time that we open a letter for our very special friends. Huh? We are? How are we going to do that when Mr. Sprinkles hasn't come by yet? Oh, Kovex, Mr. Sprinkles already delivered the mail. He slipped it through the mail slot on the door. Oh, I see how it is. Mr. Big Time Mailman is too busy to stop by and say hi to his buddy Kovacs. Hey, Sprinkles, you big-timing me? Oh, now, Kovacs, there you go again. You're getting angry for something that you don't fully understand. Oh, no, am I? Oh, but it's okay, Kovacs. I saw Mr. Sprinkles through the window. We both waved at each other through the window because we're practicing social distancing. (laughs) Well, now I feel like a chimpanzee. (laughs) Wait, social distancing? What's that? Social distancing is where you stay six feet apart from other people in efforts to do away with the coronavirus. Hey, I know what you're talking about. I've known that. I've known about that for years. My dad keeps his coronavirus in tw- <laughs> twenty bottles in his garage fridge. Oh, Kovacs, those are beverages that your daddy has sometimes. It's a very serious disease that's affecting people from all over the world. Oh, no, wait! We're closer than six feet apart right now! Oh, don't worry, Kovacs. It only affects human beings. Phew! We're in the clear! (laughs) But we could still use your help to fight this virus. For you, Mrs. Doubtfire, anything. Okie dokie! How can I help? Well, first we have a letter from Jamie Palmer of Jacksonville, Florida. Jamie writes... (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire, I am eight years old and I am in third grade. I am feeling sad because it's been a long time since I've been at school and seen my friends. I miss them a lot. I see on TV and the internet that people are wearing masks when they go outside. I made a mask out of an old t-shirt and string. My mommy and daddy say I don't have to wear one. They say the president doesn't wear one, then why should we? I, I wanted to ask if it is important to wear a mask when I go outside. Jamie, I want you to know something about this virus that everyone in the world is feeling. That feeling is fear. Even I'm afraid of it. You're afraid of it? Have you seen this lady on the rugby field? (laughs) Oh, you wicked monkey. That's just a game. But coronavirus isn't a game. Lots of people have lost their mommies and daddies because of it. It's a scary disease because it travels between people when they are close. And the worst part of it is that it could take over a week to show that you might have it. That's why it can spread so easily. Now, puppets, when you wear a mask, it helps stop spread, uh, the spread of it, and that's why it's very important that you wear one whenever you leave your home. If that's true, how come when we drove by the beach, how come I did not see people wearing them? Some of them were holding up signs saying it's unconstitutional to be forced to wear one. Ah, Kovacs, that's what I mean by fear. These, those people are resisting because they are afraid that they'll lose the freedom of living the way that they want to. 
to complete, be completely truthful with all of you, we're all feeling that in some way. None of us like that we have to be cooped up in the house all day. But we need to remember, this isn't going to be forever. All you boys and girls, mommies and daddies, friends and neighbors, we need to work together as a team to make sure this virus goes away. We all need to remember that the virus won't be here forever. You won't be living the rest of your life with a mask. We will get through this. Yes, it's not going to be as fun of a summer that you might be used to. But it's okay, because it won't be like this forever. You will go to pools again. You will be able to eat popcorn at a baseball game again. You will get back to school and be with your friends again. But now, we have to work together by wearing masks, standing six feet apart from each other, and washing our hands to make sure they are clean. Would you do this for your friend, Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, you know why, Will? After one last monkey bite. Oh, you rascal, Kovix. <laughs> That's all for today. Bye-bye now. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a real episode. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, that that was, made me a little misty. I was I, like, oh, that's just like straight from the show. Yeah, that I feel like that would totally play today. Mm-hmm. That, you, you nailed whatever you were setting out for. I think you absolutely nailed it. Was, it. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I kind of felt like if, if other people love this movie like I do and that are fucking going crazy and not, not practicing it. I feel like if Robin Williams was still around and they had the resources to do this, like this would be an effective way to not just get kids to pay attention, but like us who have a connection to that movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have anything else. I was, that I, was so such a nice amazing, little yeah. moment. Yeah. That was, and it, it, yeah, it felt true to the Mrs. Doubtfire TV show. Um. Yeah. yeah no, I I also love writing for Kovacs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh well. So, good. so I guess we'll talk about mine for a little bit. Mine is a little bit more in depth. I went a little crazy with it. Not crazy, but like more complex than uh, I probably should have. Um. But uh, so I've got a. A quick overview for you guys that we can go through, and then I wrote a scene that takes place sort of in the middle of it. So I don't know. Do yeah, you, you have an entire like Semerillion about this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess I'm wondering if it, if it would be funny to describe all the lead up to the scene and then do the scene and then describe the rest, or just give you the whole story and then we can go back and read the scene. What do you guys think? Uh, the first one. The first one. Okay. <laughs> sure. So this uh, this is a uh, this is called finding. Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. And it's sort of in the same vein as that, like, uh, Winnie the Pooh movie that came out a couple yeah. years ago mm-hmm. with Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah. Um, and actually, like, as I wrote this, I was like, well, it's not actually that funny. So I'm, I'm sure uh, we can punch it up with some jokes <laughs> in there somewhere. Um, but the main characters, the, the main idea is that it's these uh, orphans who all decide to go see Mrs. Doubtfire. They love her. And so some of our characters are, we've got Laura, who's a white trans girl. We've got Malcolm, who's a black 
boy and he's straight and these characters are all like 10 ish okay. right um petra who is a uh, latina girl and she's straight and then we've got steven who's an asian boy and he's homosexual and so it's going to basically start with them deciding they got to go see Mrs. Doubtfire. But first they got to break out of school, right? Yeah. And so they do it by like standing on each other's shoulders in a big <laughs> trench coat with a hat on. How, how old are these kids? They're like, I don't know, between like 7 and 12. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how else are you going to break out of school? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they like, yeah, they do the trench coat standing on each other's shoulders thing and check each other out of there. And then they're like, okay, well, we need to get a car. So they go to like a car rental place and Laura is flirting with the clerk. Well, the other ones steal the keys. And, and there's still 10. Uh, yeah, so there's... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I made that face. Yeah, okay. So there's some, there's some discrepancies here. Um, later on, later on, I'll talk about how, like, uh, Daniel uh, and his kids are, like, all grown up. So he's going to, like, help out these guys. Yeah. But um, that would mean that... Uh, He's been doing the Mrs. Doubtfire show for like 30 years. And I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that show would still be on. Children's TV shows usually run like two years, two seasons. Yeah. So there's a lot of discrepancies. Just sort of go with it is what I would say for now. Um, and we can figure out the specifics later. But basically, they steal a car. Um, and they're driving. They got like a big cushion under their butt so they can see over the wheel. And they got blocks on their feet so they can hit the pedals. And they're going and they like stop at a gas station and there's this um, this lady who's having car troubles and Petra knows all about cars. And so she like helps this lady fix her car and she's so grateful that she's like, well, you kids can't be driving. I'll help you out. And so she drives them the rest of the way to San Francisco to go to go see Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, of course, they just leave the stolen car. So I guess we don't even need the stolen car. I just thought it was. Like... <laughs> We're workshopping it, it as exactly, we go. Exactly. Um, so eventually they get to uh, San Francisco and they get to meet uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And so that's where this scene takes place. So if we want to pull up, it's called just finding mm-hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and I did cast it already, but um, I have Jerry reading Mrs. Doubtfire. Is okay. that cool? Oh, that's fine. Great. Yeah. Um, so you you do Mrs. Doubtfire, um, Steve. You're going to be reading for the roles of Stephen uh, and Petra, and I will be reading for the roles of Director Malcolm and Laura, and I'll also be doing the stage directions. Actually, you know what, Steve? You can be the director too. There you go. Okay. You've been upgraded, friend. Okay. You get paid an extra dollar. Great. Um, so this is Finding Mrs. Doubtfire. They're meeting her for the first time. Interior studio day. The kids all enter the studio as filming is wrapping. Mrs. Doubtfire sits in a chair on the living room set. Thank you so much for spending today with me, Darius. That's all for now. Bye-bye. Cut. We're clear. A bell rings and the lights shift. Mrs. Doubtfire walks off. Stage. Uh, she walks off stage and drops the old lady voice. She gives fist bumps and finger guns to some of the crew. And as she heads to the green room, she speaks in her Daniel voice. The kids are standing nearby and hear it. Stephen speaks up. Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire turns and sees the group of kids immediately, goes back to the Doubtfire voice. Oh, dearies, how <laughs> nice of you to come visit me. Where are your parents? What happened to your voice? Yeah, you sound like a man. 
Mrs. Doubtfire's face drops for a second as she uh, sighs and drops the voice and removes the wig. That's because I, I am. Laura's face lights up. I knew it! My real name is Daniel. Whoa, Laura, she's like you. Laura, are you a boy? No, but she used to be. She's just Laura now. She's our sister. Tears start to swell in Laura's eyes. Hey, 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 Laura, it's okay. I'm sorry. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. Who you are or or there's nothing anyone could do to change that. Mrs. Doubtfire pulls Laura in and embraces her. But this is all an act? You're not real? No, I'm real. Mrs. Doubtfire may be made up, but I'm not... But I'm not, and the things I say aren't. So, you really care about all children? Of course. Where are you guys from? You don't seem like you're from San Francisco. Mrs. Doubtfire looks to Stephen. Well, never mind. Where are your parents? Uh, we're from Houston. That's wild. You came all this way just to see me? And we're alone. Our, our parents didn't want us. Oh. Now that's wild. How you look wonderful and tenacious all you you are. Anyone would be proud to call you their family. That's not true. Hey, listen to me. Your birth parents aren't around. Those aren't your real parents. Those aren't your real family. Your real family are the people you learn from. The people you love and who love you. The people who would do anything for you. Or who would do anything for or the people who would protect you and fight for you. She looks around to the kids, and they all have sunken faces. Hey, I mean it. The fact that you made it here on your own proves that you're better, a better family to each other than... You must come all this way for a reason. To see you. Yeah, we watch your show every day. You make us feel like... like somebody cares. Of course I care. But why Mrs. Doubtfire? You mean why dress up? I thought kids needed a role model who treated them fairly and didn't talk down to them. Someone whom, who everyone respected, even adults. Someone whose kindness would go unquestioned. And someone who's British! <laughs> <laughs> yes, someone who's British. Thank you guys for coming to see me. How'd you like to be on the show? All the kids' faces light up. Okay, wait right here. I'm gonna go get changed and then we can, get, then we can really talk. Fade out. Oh, that's sweet. So, yeah, that's sweet little cute. moment. Um, not super funny. The one joke that I had in there um, that I thought, like, sort of captured the 90s uh, bad jokes yeah. uh, uh-huh. of this was, uh, you guys don't look like you're from San Francisco. And then he sees the gay kid. And he's <laughs> like, well, never mind. <laughs> like, that's something that okay. would be in. Yeah. <laughs> In that version, uh, <laughs> if it took place in the 90s, basically. I can, I um, can see that. Yeah. It Robin Williams time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, they, uh, they stay the night with Daniel, and they're eating Chinese delivery and laughing. Um, and then uh, in the next couple of days, they record episodes with Mrs. Doubtfire as guests. Uh, in Laura's spot, Mrs. Doubtfire reveals that she's really a man and explains that there's nothing wrong with wearing whatever clothes make you feel comfortable or that there's nothing wrong with feeling like you were assigned the incorrect gender and thanks Laura for giving her the strength to reveal Daniel. In Petra's spot, Daniel is replaced with, or Daniel replaces Mrs. Doubtfire and they spend some time letting Petra teach them about cars. 
in Malcolm's spot, Mrs. Doubtfire is back, and she and Malcolm play games, and they celebrate Juneteenth and educate the audience about it. In Stephen's spot, Daniel's back again, uh, basically just to show that now we can have Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire both. Um, and they talk about how it's okay to feel attracted to whoever you do, and there's nothing wrong with the way you're feeling. And they have other guests come in that are um, married adults of different types. There's a straight couple, homosexual, mixed ethnicity, trans. They all just like hang out and have a big party and dance, and it's a fun time. After all the episodes, there's a moment where Daniel says thanks for visiting and that it's been super fun. And the kids are sad because they have to return. And one of them says, but Daniel, can't we stay with you? And he says, of course. And they can uh, they have some time together montaging and dressing up like Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> and uh, creating different personas for the kids and just doing comedy stuff uh, until child services shows up and takes the kids into custody. And Daniel goes to court and tries to fight for the kids. And it's super dramatic. And his family is there. And all the kids are grown up now, but they still support him and try to speak positively about him to the judge. And it ends with Daniel and his family opening up the Mrs. Doubtfire house, which is like the X-Mansion, but more inclusive and without endangering the lives of kids by having them or the adult teachers fight monsters and evildoers on the property. Perfect. Basically, uh, <laughs> I'm picturing two things. One is um, <laughs> the judge is totally like oh, you again. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and two, I feel like the end credits is kind of like a, a school of rock. And it's the dude looks like a lady. And they're all, like, as they're getting their final credits, they're all, like, doing the uh-huh. sweet dance dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I also like the image of, like, little kids dressed up like old people. I yeah. think it's always really funny. Um, so I just, yeah. That's great. I just like it because it's, like, a nice way to, like, you know, take some problematic things from the original and kind of revamp it into, like, a, a 2020 version of that. Yeah, so yeah, cool. that was sort of the the goal was like okay, so unintentionally, yeah. they they had some problems with that first movie, yeah. but also um, they had like some some things that could have been a really positive message that they yeah. just barely missed the mark on. It was the nineties; they, they they didn't know anything. But yeah, I mean, for nineties, yeah, I just well, yeah, but so that was the, the goal was just try and push it a little bit further and get to. Um, get to that point also i just recently watched shazam yeah and that movie has like a really diverse orphan family as like the main characters and i guess i just wanted to see more of that you uh, watch shazam yeah dude it's like that, the better dc it's movie fun. oh it's super oh, fun whoops oh you're was, thinking of kazam yeah. <laughs> and also that movie is yeah. great yeah. Don't, to don't, be fair, they're the same movie we're gonna do kazam on I here at some point i would be very upset if you would watch that without <laughs> Any ideas for, yeah. for this podcast? That's Green Egg and Hammett. That's a line from Kazam. Oh, Kazam is so good. It's ridiculous. And um, you're listening to the Kazam podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by Kazam. Uh, no, thank you so much for letting me let me spill through great, that man. that version of it. Uh, Jerry, take so, us away, my friend. I think it's just fitting that Chris went before me because. Chris is like the the version that all the love and care went into. Mine is like the more 
film by committee approach. Okay, hell yeah. So I just wanted to write something that would have came out maybe in the early 2000s, just like straight to home video <laughs> for right. that home video market. And it was like, <laughs> let's jump on every cliche. And I mean, before we were just talking about how, you know, this movie was just crafted so well. It has like all these deep themes. Let's throw all of that out and just like, what is like the cheap cash grab version of Mrs. Doubtfire and what a, a sequel like that would look like. Oh, I'm you, so excited. You, you, you want a son of mask this? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Um, it's I also going to have Jamie Kennedy as Mrs. Doubtfire now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think I can read stage directions and I think I wrote a quick who can play who on the top Okay, there. fantastic. Okay. I see that. Um, great. All right, are we ready? I think mm. I'm ready. Interior, apartment, day. It's pouring outside. Daniel Hillard sits in the kitchen table, pouring whiskey into his coffee. He has a stressed expression on his face. There's a knock on the door. Daniel answers the door. General Scott, military type, stands in the, in the rain. Are you Daniel Hillard? There's no one here by that name. Daniel goes to close the door, but General Scott catches it. Then maybe you can help me find a Mrs. Euphigenia Doubtfire. The two of them sit at the kitchen table. Euphigenia's house has been off the air for years. Uh, They have more than enough episodes for syndication. What do you want with me? The United States government needs you, Daniel. I guess I should have returned those library books. We need Mrs. Doubtfire. Insert 20th Century Fox or Disney Pictures, whoever studio owns the rights at this point. (laughs) Add B-roll of London, Big Ben, Buckingham Palace. We need you to infiltrate the royal family and get close to Prime Minister Balsathar. We have reports he plans to assassinate the Queen and frame the U.S. Embassy. It's going to launch us into World War III. And how do you expect me to do that? I'm just a retired television star. By doing what you do best. Interior, exterior, palace door, day. A guard opens the front door to the palace. Daniel Hillard is now sporting full Mrs. Doubtfire attire. Stands in the doorway. <laughs> Hello! I'm here, I'm here to take care of the cherubs. The royal kids turn to each other. Oh, oh no! <laughs> we see a montage of Mrs. Doubtfire doing a shot-for-shot shenanigans from the first movie to a remix version of Dude Looks Like a Lady. This time is going to be a little different. The doorbell to the palace rings again. Balthazar answers the door. Daniel is now wearing an entirely different costume. He looks older with a long beard and an old British getup. He is Mr. Doubtfire. Hello! (laughs) I believe you've met my sister. Prime Minister Balthazar gives him a frightened look. (gasps) There's two of them? His eyes cross and he faints. Insert... Doubtfires. Doubtfires. Coming straight to home video this holiday season. (laughs) Hell yeah! Oh, that was amazing. I want to see that movie. Uh, That was ridiculous. And that's exactly what the sequel would be if it was just a cash grab. Right. Holiday version. (laughs) Oh my god. I love the the guy standing in the rain. (laughs) It's so dramatic. It's so good. And you know, there has to be a scene in there someplace where uh, he's at dinner as Mrs. Doubtfire and Mr. Doubtfire and himself. (laughs) They have to keep going in and out. (laughs) 
Excuse me for one second. <laughs> uh, I need to powder my nose. What I, what I really like is the the image of uh, like that. It's such a like Mrs. Doubtfire is so important. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that like I imagine the like the wig, yeah. and the face, and the rest of the dress and the bodysuit is all on like a stand, <laughs> like Batman has in the Batcave. Yes, yes. <laughs> With like weird half lighting to make. It all <laughs> yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And God. like they can call up uh, the brother, <laughs> right, to yeah. help them. Make Mr. Doubtfire or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a red phone. Right. <laughs> it up and... Harvey Firestein comes back. Yeah. Is basically. I, I think I, I missed. I, I think I forgot to write in the part where like he needs to get the money. The government's gonna pay him money so he can bring his kids to college. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The one little plot hole in there. It's fine. It's, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's, it's totally cool if the military. <laughs> Who cares if why he's doing it? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that movie so much. Uh, Doubtfires. And they're like, uh, I can just picture the poster now. Yeah. They're like right. back to back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Or like of... split down the middle. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. With the uh, like. <laughs> face off. Right. The face off <laughs> poster. And the background is like the the British uh Castle yeah, or whatever, yeah, wherever right. they live. Yeah, whatever. Big bad. <laughs> yeah. Prime Minister Balthazar. Uh-huh. Like, right. <laughs> that would be fun. I, that'd be a great movie. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, I'm, we got to do this again. That was amazing. Oh, I know. Thank you so for much for Kazam. For Kazam. Kazam. I, all right. Your book. Your book. It's about time. Yeah. For Kazam. It's about time we had a Kazam sequel. Um, now before we before we uh, start heading out of here, this this air uh, this airs this episode will air probably in a few weeks. Um, can't give you an exact date because you know what but you it's, do. But it's airing right now for you yeah, listeners. That's right. Um, yeah, but it's is live anything, for us. Is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, how can we follow you? Maybe on social media, get some uh, updates and follow your art. Well, the best way to follow me is uh, on my Instagram, which is Jerry S Gons, and. Uh, and then also my Twitter, which is Jerry the underscore Jerry. So best way to follow me is there. Fantastic. Check out my stuff. Do you? Uh, is there anything you're working on now that you want to talk about, or any projects that you have uh, getting ready to come out? Or? I mean, I am, but it's very hush hush for right okay, now. Okay, very but, exciting. Uh, very exciting. Best, yes. way, but the best way to find out about those projects is to follow my social media. Absolutely. So do it. Absolutely. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll spill the beans. Jerry's writing the next a- Avengers movie. Okay. All right. You got me. Uh, well, then, how about this? Um, I know that um, Something in the Woods is is still doing, like, the, the, yeah, the doing... circuit right now. Mm-hmm. But um, when do you, do you have a date for when it might be available for people to watch uh, digitally? Or... Nope. <laughs> All right then, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> it's just with the whole film festival thing. It's like it, it could be like another year before okay. it's like online. Okay, okay. Well then, we'll just uh, forget about. I'm sorry it. to tease hey, you, people. If, if you're making DVDs, I'll buy a DVD. Yeah. Just let me know. You know who makes great DVDs? Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Neil Breen. <laughs> <laughs> just print it out on his old 1998 compact. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So do all um, the legitimate movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five legitimate feature lengths. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, he's ridiculous. Anyways, yeah. um, wait, wait, wait. What, so, what's this movie about? Like, tell, tell oh, us, like, okay. give us, give us the pitch. Tell, so, tell this pitch it. is a, it's about a husband and wife as they have to deepen to a monster-infested forest to save their child from a witch. That's spooky as hell. It's super spooky. <laughs> great. It's and great. along the way, they learn to work together and overcome the woods. Yeah. And and Jerry, as uh, a like independent, low-budget filmmaker, uh, did all of the like props himself. And like there's some puppetry in it that he created Ooh. and did all these character designs for and did uh i mean correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of the like special effects and blending of all all these different elements as well and it like it's really really impressive the final product of this thing Um, (laughs) so i don't know i want to see it next time uh, people can go see it it. let us know we'll post it and absolutely you can can meet us there we'll we'll go watch it awesome thank you so much yeah uh well i'd love to just you know plug jerry some more that was bad forget that Keep that yeah. in. Uh, that's why keep we're in. ending the podcast. <laughs> Good night, folks. Uh, I'd love to just keep talking about movies all day, but I, I have to run because I've got the need. The need for speed. Ooh, that reminds me. I gotta run. Um, I was recently arrested for a jewel heist, but I hid those jewels in a building before I got arrested. <laughs> but when I got out of jail a couple years later, I've discovered that that building has become a police office, so now I have to go undercover as a cop to get the jewels. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry that I gotta run because my dad wants to take me on this big road trip. But you know what? I might change the map a bit so I can go to the Powerline concert. Yeah! <laughs> if we listen to, to each other's hearts. <laughs>